Look, I'll give you each a thousand dollars if you pretend to let that old man out there stop this crime. Feel the crumbling fist of justice! Ouchers! Oh, dear. Who are you, mysterious octogenarian of the night? Hey, in the squeak in the rafters, the flutter in the chimney, the tiny teeth marks in the peach. I am Fruit Batman. Now, back to my natural realm, the Inky Night. Oh! I'll just take one of these keychain pen lights. You have to keep squeezing this thing? Who has the strength for that? Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't purple shit? I'll fucking take all you are! Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bard contenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. Maishu, manga no dokusho no zattara bando wa slash amateur newsatsu shiyoto manga to pair cocktail bar desu. All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. Sudete no naka ni shiyoto shite koto dewa nai yona kanryo prosesu de teno desu. Kind of like a ファインディーズイディアツオンフェイスブックトゥイッターインスタグラムやタンブラーにこれらのバカを検索できます。ノーワッ。ユリッチムネカミックブックス。ウェイナウジョインブライアン。キューアダムエンタッド。我々ニコ
five and a half years ago. Um, oh my God. What the fuck was wrong with me? It was like five pages <laughs> long. I put the whole plot of the movie in there and oh, it was just, yeah. So never go back and see where you've been. Always look forward to what you're going to do. But again, Todd, thank you very much. That does mean a lot to me. All right. Yeah. I, I actually, and I will say, Adam, I'll, I'll, I will say, I have a few friends, uh, we, we know who they are, who, um, who m- review movies uh, for a living. Uh, I have a tendency to agree with you and Andy's reviews the most. They seem to speak to my personal thought processes on films. Uh, so like, if you guys like it, if you guys don't like it, that's more of an indication whether or not I should see it or not see it than some other people. I love, I love lots of film critics. I know you have a, a, a good job and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, we... We have a certain friend who sometimes says movie reviews. I'm like, yeah, I just flat out disagree with you. But well, that's and, that, and that's the biggest thing with any kind of film criticism. You, you've got to find a critic who you do agree with most of the time, mm-hmm. and then follow them. Or if someone, if, if you find someone you disagree with, um, and actually our friend, this is the advice he gives all the time: is like, hey, if they if they don't like a movie and you disagree, you're probably gonna like it. So you can still yeah. at least take the reviews and and use it to your benefit but yeah yeah mm-hmm. find someone you like find someone you agree with um and then go see their stuff yep so and then i had one story i, I will i will get to you soon q i promise um <laughs> i have one I have one story that reiterates your never go back to what you were you, you used to do so when I, uh, I when i was in college i was in a terrible terrible band with todd's little brother and our friend tyson mm-hmm. and um and we we didn't really like we kind of would just do these long jam sessions and we would record them and then we'd go back and say oh this is what we played last time and that's kind of how we'd write songs to so just kind of like piece them together. So when I first got my job that I currently have in California, I came out and I left my former job in Connecticut um, and they when on my way out they're like oh by the way we're, we need you to wait like an extra week is that cool I'm like yeah sure that's fine so I ended up crashing my parents' house for an extra week fine no big deal so we kind of got together had a little bit of a jam session and they were like you know. It'd be really great if we get those recordings, man. We were really awesome. It'd be great to hear those. <laughs> so I dug through, and this is the first time I'm fessing up to this. So if either of them listen to this podcast, they're gonna find out what really happened. So, um, so I dug through some of my old CDs and stuff at my house, and I found a copy of one of our one of our like recording sessions that we had done. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm gonna listen to this, and you know, if it's good, I will I will give it to him for Christmas. So I. You know, a couple days later, I was driving out of uh, Las Vegas. I was on my way to California. I put it in the CD player on my car, and I'm listening to it, and I go, oh, my God. So <laughs> the simple fact was is that their memory of how good we are was way better than the evidence I had of how good we were not. So needless to say, they never received that CD in the mail for Christmas, uh, and I don't think anyone outside of that has ever heard of that since then. It's okay to suck at some point in time as long as you either hide the evidence or get better. That's uh, that's my advice in life. <laughs> but, of course, the queen of Angel Fire and all such websites we have. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I really wish I could find my Angel Fire website. I don't even remember what I called it, but I'm sure it was something extremely deep oh, sure. and, and sure. thoughtful. I was going to go with F is for fabulous. <laughs> my cake is <laughs> See, I, I'm losing my voice, so I can't do that right now. My, my falsetto is gone. <laughs> um, so, hi, I'm Q. Uh, I do costumey things. Um, I Hopefully, by the time this airs, I will also be done with my Halloween costume. Um, it's kind of taken a back burner. However, I am almost done. I just have to sew some more hair into my wig. And like you do. Because, girl, first of all, I bought two extra bags of hair because this wig is going to be <laughs> on point. And, um, and I, I need to make my top, um, which I need I need my help for my... What, what my are you making your bottom? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm making it moist. Fuck you. So, for those of you uh, who are who are into cosplay and all that stuff, um, I'm going to post some pictures on all of my kind of social media things. Uh, if Brian would like to then yeah. post some of them onto our social media things, that would be, yes. that'd be great. Um, uh, this year, uh, for those of you who are familiar with um, Excalibur, the X-Men spinoff from the um, 90s, it went into the 2000s, but it got terrible by then. Uh, but the 
a character who originally debuted in the Captain America series uh, and then transferred over with Captain America to um, the United States. She's from the TechNet, uh, who is a, a villain group, but really, they're not really bad guys. They're these bounty hunters that are terrible at their jobs. Um, and her name is Scatterbrain. She uh, doesn't speak. She feeds off the emotions of others. She can shatter your consciousness into a billion different pieces, which I think is I kind of cool. that girl. Uh, you probably did, <laughs> and uh, she's 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 pretty cool. She just has a very interesting look. She's got green hair, this cool face mask, yellow skin. I'm very very into um, having this look come together. So hopefully by the time this airs, uh, we'll have those pictures out on our uh, social media. Yeah, cute. Just to confirm, I'm booking you for Halloween 2017 for that Nightwing costume. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Todd, so, please. please. I understand you don't like last minute help requests. <laughs> so this is a year in advance. Nightwing, dude. Uh, this thing is okay. epic. All right. Oh my god. Right. You <laughs> Does everyone know what they're going to be for Halloween yet or no? Uh, you know what? I didn't even really dress up for Halloween when I was a kid, to be honest with you. Like... The last time I dressed up, I was a serial killer. You just take your kitchen knife and stab it in a box of Cheerios. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I've really done that costume before. A friend of ours, her birthday is uh, like the, the day before Halloween, so she always does a, a big party. And oh, costumes cat? are always. Yeah, it's cat. Oh, okay. And uh, so this year I'm thinking I might go as Emperor Trumpetine. So just get, you know. I'm into it. Just get a Donald Trump mask and then dress up like the Emperor from Star Wars with the robe, the robe and everything. Now, all you have to do now is if you think someone's good looking, just start kissing them. Oh, I'll grab their pussy. Just <laughs> grab their so. pussy. Just start kissing them because, hey, when you're Trump, that's what you do. And that's just what. My problem is my hands are too big. That's true. <laughs> what you should do is you should get some, like, baby doll hands and, like, just kind of put them on the ends of your of your hands and then just kind of hide oh. your hands in your sleeves. Oh, so the, uh, again, this is months old now, but yeah. uh, there's the new poster for uh, the new Wolverine movie where you uh, see yes. him holding the small hand. Yeah. Did you see uh, what Ryan Reynolds posted? No. <laughs> so Ryan Reynolds posted, oh, that was me holding his hand and then put the picture of Deadpool from the movie where his hands all small yeah. yeah oh my god it was so funny <laughs> <laughs> i want to be ron reynolds friend yeah don't yes. eddie could go as melania that'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> no, he, last year so last year he went as uh so from the very first nightmare on elm street it's the scene where she's running down the hall of school and she turns around and it's uh the hall monitor saying you know where's your hall pass yeah and she's wearing the claw and wearing the, the Freddy thing. So he got the Freddy glove, the sweater, and then got like a long black wig. Mm-hmm. And was the hall monitor from Nightmare on Elm Street, which actually it's right next to me in our room because I need more shelves. And but no, we we've, we've done a lot of fun stuff with Dub Smash with that with that wig. So and, and it's all family friendly. So um, awesome. So your husband would appreciate this. I just thought about this. I've been having a Facebook conversation with. Uh, I think it's wow. He's he's a child actor. He was a child actor in like, I think like Halloween four or five. I think, um, but he posted on Facebook today that he wants to redo Brigadoon as um, a movie where they uh, they they come back like a sequel to Brigadoon where they fight robot zombies or something like that. Oh, and, nice. uh, and I mentioned to him that he should check out uh, the H.G. Lewis uh, flick, uh, Two Thousand Maniacs, which is essentially. It was that they, if you actually watch special features, which sadly I have, and with the commentary, they literally based it off of Brigadoon, which was a huge popular Broadway show at the time. And the concept is that there's a southern town that appears every hundred years to lure no- northerners in, and then kills them to get uh, revenge for the South losing the Civil War. Is basically what the concept is. Uh, for those of you who know H.G. Lewis's stuff, it was like revolutionary as far as like gore and things like that for horror movies, it's sometimes very hard to watch. But if you watch it with the commentary, it's actually very fun. Yeah. And, and for those of you who know Trump supporters, mm-hmm. they think the South won, so. Yeah, it's true. That's very true. The War of Northern Aggression, as I learned it was called when I lived in the South. That is true. Uh, so anyway, oh, and uh, I'm uh, I'm Brian. I am the, I always say cat herder. I'm trying, I need to come up with a better phrase, because I haven't even really heard the cats very well, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I'm here. Uh, so, and this week we are reading Batman the Long Halloween, uh, which once again we said is uh, published in about 96 and 97. It's, what, 13 issue arc? It's a, yes. It's a big book. It's a big book, but like it reads yes. relatively fast, I think, in my personal It does, opinion. yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no, it's not that it's, uh, no, it's not too long. It just, it's, 
it, it's one that if you're going to sit down for like a one-time sitting to kind of go through the whole thing, yeah, bring uh, it's going to take, yeah, bring, get our drink recipes, which yes. we always post mm-hmm. for you, yeah. um, and then you'll be drunk by the end. Yeah. So. Well, we and we will get to a drinking game here in just a moment that will help you uh, pass the time. And I'll be honest, these rules you might be really fucked up by the end of this book, so you may want to do it in a couple sittings. Uh, as with all of our drinking games, please don't take it too overly seriously. However, uh, this is—I uh, don't remember which one of it—but this is one of the uh, combinations of Batman that was written by uh, Jeff Loeb and with art by Tim Sale. I typically like their stuff. Um, Adam and I had a discussion offline about the uh, the art, which we can discuss on the show a little bit later. Um, but uh, the briefest of uh, explanations before we jump into this book is essentially there is somebody who is killing um, all of uh, these different uh, pivotal, pivotal, uh, pivotal uh, characters in Gotham City, specifically in the, the mob in Gotham City. They're killing them on every holiday throughout the course of the month, so almost each chapter is another holiday. And because it starts on Halloween and ends on Halloween, they refer to it as the long Halloween because it's like a full year of, you know, horror and terror and all this kind of stuff. So uh, it's, you know, Batman and Commissioner Gordon and uh, and uh, Harvey Dent trying to hunt down who this uh, who this uh, killer is. And basically it almost I think the entire rogues gallery shows up at some point in time in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't recall. The, I don't recall the penguin being too heavily involved. He was. He was there for a hot second. He, yeah. He, he showed up standing on top of a desk. Yeah. Kind of the same problem with uh, Hush. Like almost everybody's in Hush except for. Uh, why is the Why does the penguin always get limited out? Because he's know. awkward and dumb. I'm awkward and dumb, and I have a podcast I'm on, so, you know, whatever. Well, you have a podcast. Oh, I, I had to create it. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, anyway, so uh, for you to, uh, you know, enjoy this a little bit more, we have developed a drinking game. Um, Adam and I sort of uh, modified the rules slightly back and forth. Well, no, you came up with the thing. I just, like, threw something out there because I was tired and delirious going to bed. Well, and it was, it was a better rule than the original one I'd come up with, so I changed it to your rule. And now for sports. Banning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. And the agony of defeat. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. The human drama of athletic competition. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Rule one, the mother's milk rule. Whenever a nipple from a baby bottle is shown, take a drink. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Rule two, the hey, I know that guy rule. First appearance of any member of the rogues gallery, take a drink. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Rule three, the what's his name again? Rule. When they say the serial killer's name is Holiday, then it's time to celebrate. So take a drink. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him. Here comes the blue from the Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard Rule four, the trinket rule. Every time the Holiday killer leaves a calling card, take a drink. Look at the police. They've surrounded this man like he is, like he's just robbed a bank. And our final rule, the it's length. Not girth rule. Every time Batman's cape is more than 40 yards of fabric in it, take a drink. I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you've got a knight in the clink coming up. I would also say a bit with the storyline, it does, um, as a setting a little bit, it's um, just a little bit after year one of the continuity of the general idea. So year it's still, one is in uh, the... Frank Millerish's year one. Okay. So the idea it's set a bit about... A little bit after that. Okay. And so for he's he's Batman. He's been it for a little while, but not. He's still relatively young. Still relatively young, yes. But he's old enough that people don't seem to remember that he left Gotham City for a while, which is also kind of strange. But anyway, we'll get into that yeah. later. So uh, now it is your time to read the book if you haven't already. So you can press pause. We'll wait um, in the void that is the digital, uh, you know, nether realm. It's. Uh, it's limbo of the digital world. It's not good. It's not bad. We'll just sit there and wait but in there. But there's shots there. There are there's shots there. Shots. I've heard stories. Yes. There are stories. So we will take shots in the nether realms. That sounds dirty. Um, but, uh, and I'm surprised no one jumped on that joke. Um, 
But, uh, and then uh, when you're ready to continue on, press play. And if you've already read this book and want to hear our thoughts and uh, our ramblings, then please, by all means, just keep uh, letting it play through and uh, we will join you on the other side of uh, Limbo. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Dooby dooby dooby. Dooby dooby dooby. Shot. Shot. So this book is humongous. It is. It is. It reads relatively fast. Oh, it does. But it might be the biggest single book we've done. No? I think DMZ was bigger. No, DMZ was way, way smaller. You just felt like it was longer because you hated it. That's probably true. You know, there's like 12 of those. Too. Yeah, I just bought like the third one recently. Actually, yeah. it's, on, it's on my to be read pile. So, I, I bought it on review Q. I just I devote it to you. Every time I'm reading that book, I think Q would love this if he would give it a chance. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> it's just full of magic and rainbows. And oh, the one that took me the longest to read was uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, and I liked it. I just it was there was it was very very wordy. It, it, uh, made, yeah. it would put Bendis to shame. Yes, it would. So what I am doing, I had to convince my wife to get it. And Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, I am at work making the sign in his front yard. Oh, and, no way. That's and awesome. that's going to be my only Halloween decoration is that sign. Please send me and, a photo of it. I will post it on our, our Instagram and stuff. Right. So it says, trying. I can't never remember the it's exact It's just effective, uh, don't uh, keep off the yard. It's rude to walk on dead people or something like that. Yes. Yeah, it's rude to walk on corpses. It's uh-huh. corpses. Is, yeah, keep off. Yeah. It's rude to walk on corpses. Yes. So yeah, I am making that at work just for my only Halloween decoration and nothing else just because it makes it that much better. I think you should leave it in for Christmas too, just for fun. That'd be funny. With how long it takes me to put stuff away, it might just happen that way. Fantastico. Okay. And the wife went, well, at least I'm not anywhere where students live. So. Well, yeah. I mean. For those who don't know, she is a school administrator. So living really far away. She works at 7-Eleven. She works at 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. That's like a a school. She's a 7-Eleven manager is what she is. Yeah, I introduced her to uh, someone that of another show that works at a 7-Eleven. It's like, hey, she, come meet your next boss. They actually, they, they are co-workers at the 7-Eleven on 13th and 5th. Yeah. So. Yes, ask for Shannon and Amy. And yes, and don't, awesome. leave, and don't leave until they come out because they always hide in the back because they're shy. That's right. <laughs> uh, there's a very specific people, a group of people who are going to get that joke. And for you, we say you're welcome. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It is now time for another transmission of comic book history with Professor Maya. This is where I'm going to be a bad nerd because I've never t- I've never read Long Halloween. I own it, but uh, I can definitely talk about Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb till uh, till I go horse. Let's start there then. Yeah, because Jeff Loeb and, and Tim Sale they've done they did Long Halloween. They did Haunted Nights. And they did all those Marvel color books like Spider Man Blue, Hulk Gray, Daredevil Yellow. Now I've actually never actually read all those. So what what is the story with the the, the Marvel color books? You know I haven't read those either. I think they're just basically retellings of their origins. They did Superman for all seasons which was a great little mini-series, Catwoman Win in Rome. I forgot, they just did another color book that, uh, the first issue came out in 2008, and then it was on, like, indefinite hiatus, and they finished it last year. They did the other, like, four issues, but, uh, they did Captain America White. You know, they both worked on Heroes. Jeff Loeb was a writer and producer on Heroes, and you saw a shit ton of Tim Sale's artwork because he did all the paintings that the the guy that could see the future, that painted the future, that was all Tim Sale's artwork. And before we get going, I'll probably mention this again, but cool fact about Tim Sale, he's colorblind. Yeah, like I just pulled it up here, all of his works for Heroes were created in black, white, and gray, and then they were digitally colored by someone else. But like Jeff Loeb, I mean, he was he was one of the, the architects behind Age, Age of Apocalypse and Heroes Reborn. He did Hush. He's done uh, Superman. He's done a bunch of Superman stuff. He's He did Superman Batman for those first 26, 26 issues. He basically created the new Supergirl with him and Michael Turner. Yeah, he did the, uh, he created the Red Hulk. So he and Tim Sale did a Wolverine Gambit miniseries in the 90s called uh, Victims. 
he created Nate Gray, X-Man, uh, in Age of Apocalypse, who ended up in the main universe. Like, yeah, no, they, they both know their shit. <laughs> I'd, I'd put them maybe not on the Mount Rushmore of comics, but but the, the mountain next to Mount Rushmore. Jeff Loeb did, not that this is a feather in the cap, because these are both usually regarded as not great comics, but he did uh, Ultimates 3 and Ultimatum uh, in the Ultimate Universe. They were both... Uh, Ultimates 3 was the miniseries that, uh, that pretty much showed uh, that Sc Ultimate Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were uh, more than just brother and sister. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, and it was icky. And then the, just a really interesting note on, on Jeff Loeb. 2006 or 7, somewhere around there, he lost his son to cancer. Uh, his son, I think his son was like, I think, don't quote me on this, I think he was like 17, 18, 19, somewhere around there. And then about a year or two after that, he, Marvel got him to write Fallen Son after Captain America had passed away. It was five issues, and each issue dealt with a different superhero in a different one of the stages of grief. I have a feeling he drew a lot on that from his own personal experience with his son. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Cool. So we are back. We are inebriated. We have taken shots. Mm -hmm. uh, Q, I am assuming, because as you will learn in the future, has taken a shit ton of shots. Raspberries. Raspberries. What do we put these raspberries playing in my drink later on? So. <laughs> uh, by the, this was not planned. I, when I was doing my my drinks for for this book, there's actually a lot of raspberry cocktails. Yeah, sure, it wasn't planned. Uh huh. Not at all planned. Warning. You're entering spoiler territory. Don't say I didn't warn you. Uh, so, jumping in, this is the Batman The Long Halloween, um, where Harvey Dent has not become uh, Two-Faced just yet. Bum, bum, bum. But guess what? By the end of the book, he fucking does. And then, of course, the book ends with everyone claiming to be the killer at certain points in time or another. Yeah, so there is the Falcone uh, mob. There's a bunch of weird mob interfacing things, which I'm not even going to remember. Like, I don't know. If someone wants to sit there and go through, does anybody know what all, all the mob connections are? Does anybody care? No. No, 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 no nobody cares. So, basically, there's a bunch of people being killed off. Batman's trying to figure it out. Mr. Gordon's trying to figure it out. Harvey Dent's trying to figure it out. Everybody's trying to figure it out. They're even trying to, you know, get the help of the Calendar Man killer. Well, I've never fucking heard of. Uh, so they're trying to hunt it down. At the end, we find out that someone who you thought was dead was not, in fact, dead. And then they're taking responsibility for the killings. And then, of course, then uh, Harvey Dent ends up getting asked to explode, uh, thrown in his face. He ends up becoming Two-Face. He, uh, you start thinking that maybe he was a killer. You also start thinking that maybe his wife was the killer and at the end I don't know if anybody really like I, I think it's Harvey and his wife are the two killers and the other guy's just taking credit or is are there three people doing it have we ever quite figured that all out so so there's it's definitely um it's definitely the the uh son uh, uh -huh. it's def and it's definitely his wife apparently they yeah. also think that it was probably Harvey but I, uh, I also think that maybe mm -hmm. the, the sister as well might have been one, but yeah, um, but yeah the, it, it it seems like it's it's kind of like um, uh, it's, it's like everybody knew that someone's gonna get killed on the holiday, so everyone's like, well, maybe it's my turn this month. Everybody just uses it as an excuse to do whatever the yeah. fuck they wanted to do. Okay. Um, but like, it, um, I, I think kind of the the point of this is to show, and they kind of they kind of mentioned it is Go Gotham was always run by um, by by the mob. Like there, <laughs> there's always been yeah. that organized crime element in Gotham City, and they've uh, they previously had made the agreement to never use the supers, to never get involved with any of what they call the freaks, like the the, the supervillains and stuff. And um, yeah. with Batman being there, there seems to be a rise of supervillains. And so this is sort of that sort of handing over uh, from the mob to the supervillains because they pretty much get everyone involved. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm just going to go right into kind of what I felt about this book. I, I liked it. I thought it was okay. I kind of wish that I had read this before Hush because I feel like uh -huh. Hush did it better. Um, okay. it, it, it's kind of the same theme where it's like, you know, there's there's obviously someone getting all of the supervillains involved. You see kind of everyone on, on you know, on the rogues gallery list. Uh the, the you know it's a, it's a killer who you don't know who it is and at the end it's somebody who you met earlier in the book um 
and I just feel like Hush did it better. I the, the it, okay. um it, it, and that the, the probably why I have that like a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth with with this because I I feel like this just it, it it didn't play out as well i was a little let down in the ending I, I i i guess it's my opinion that the sister was probably one of the killers um cuz i just think that having him and his sister be the holiday killers would would be better especially if you were to find out maybe they were twins and so they both have birthdays on holidays like that would make you know much more sense than harvey and his wife randomly killing people yeah and I, I I almost felt like on the Harvey and his wife thing I almost felt like maybe Harvey's wife was doing the killing I don't think Harvey was I think Harvey's wife assumed that he was and then therefore she was also killing as well and and, and so like so then my my thing with that is that I also feel like identity crisis did the wife killer better uh-huh. Spo- spoiler alert for those of you who haven't read identity crisis oh my god <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, it, like I, once again, I felt like that was done better than this, and I'm sure that and I'm pretty sure that this book came out before Hush or Identity Crisis. But I just feel like both of those were just better. Um, <laughs> okay, but but it, it, it was all right. The art, some of it I liked, some of it I didn't like. I feel like there's uh, an over exaggeration in in the art, uh, uh-huh. as we were talking about. You know, Batman's cape being ridiculous, <laughs> although that's also like. Uh, you know, 90s thing, like Todd McFarlane with Spawn's cape and Spider-Man's crazy flexible bones. Um, but, like, I, I like the Catwoman design. I like the Batman design. I really disliked the Poison Ivy de- design, especially where this book is supposed to be taking place because, you know, I'm going to put on my, my nerd glasses mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, bring out my, my thing. If we're talking, like, year two Batman... Poison Ivy did not have any connection to the green. She was just a woman who was impervious to poisons, who also knew science things and mm-hmm. used plants with, you know, for her various things. So she would still have red hair. She still would have white skin. And this seems like she's got these plants that growing out of her head that she can also use like Medusa and wrap around people. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I wasn't a huge fan, fan of that. Um, uh, the the I, I like Two Face. I thought that all of the the mobsters had a very cool and interesting look to them. Um, uh-huh. I I, I kind of like the way that they drew faces and that everyone had a very distinct look. Um, I thought the mob characters were interesting, um, but like end of the day, I just thought that there were books out there that had similar themes that did it better. Uh, to to I just did a quick look up. Um... Hush came out almost uh, six years after this book came out, so mm-hmm. this is six years old. Mm-hmm. So this did it first. Um, I uh, so talking about the art because I think uh, Adam, you weren't necessarily a huge fan based on what we were talking about before. One of the things I like about the art that um, Adam and I disagreed about a little bit, and I understand his perspective a little bit, but he can let us know. Um, I felt like it kind of felt vintagey, like it almost felt a little '50s graphically, if that makes sort of sense. Like almost been almost like a 50s 40s noir kind of thing i did have an issue with the one daughter falcone like a couple of times that they drew her it was really awkward looking and kind of hard to to check out um outside that i was kind of fine with the uh with the art but adam what were your thoughts on the art well no it's the same thing i mean it it wasn't so much that it was distracting it's just not my personal favorite style Mm um yeah it just it wasn't it, it wasn't anything spectacular i didn't sit there and be like oh this is so cool and like we mentioned before, I, I'm more drawn to the story and to the dialogue. Mm-hmm. But there have been some books we read where the art really did stand out, make me take notice, and was enhanced the experience. This one is just kind of there. I mean, I'm with Q2, the uh, portrayal of Poison Ivy I just thought was horrible. It looked like, a, it looked like someone went and raped up all the leaves in the middle of autumn and then they came to life. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, it's... Eh. I, I, I can see where you're coming from with the vintage look and feel, but I, yeah, that's that's whatever. I mean, this is, and I love this story. This is one of my again one of my favorite Batman stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it, again, it's I haven't read it in years, and Hush did steal a lot of stuff with having pretty much everyone in the kitchen sink except for the Penguin uh, involved in as the bad guys in the story. Uh, it's cool this one did it first, and I like the twi- I do like the twist ending actually that. Uh, I don't think Harvey was the killer either. I think it was just his wife, and then the mm-hmm. the kid. But I like that, and I 
it, it's a cool twist. It's fun. It's it's not as good as in Hush with the Riddler announcing that he's the one who had been behind everything, but it's still fun. And it, it's definitely uh, a twist the first time through you're not going to see coming. So um, hopefully if you haven't read this book, you, you, <laughs> you're not listening now because that's, that's literally like the last two pages of the book showing you that. But yeah. no, I, I love the story. I think it's well told. Uh, it's, it's gripping. It's engaging. Uh, but honestly, if I had been reading like a teleplay of it or something like that, I would have gotten the same experience uh, reading the book. I absolutely loved the art of this book. It was gothic and pulpy. Well, you're wrong then, so. <laughs> <laughs> and it really was, I mean, you've got Batman and there's such, all the characters is, I think it was Q saying earlier, they all have unique looks. I mean, everyone could be in silhouette and you can identify the differences of each one. The um, gothic of the Batman, you can see him trying to figure this out and it's making him crazy. The guy's not even shaving. So it keeps showing you've got Bruce Wayne with the five o'clock shadow, which hardly ever happens in the comics. You've mm-hmm. got Joker with his 10 foot long teeth just sitting right there. And you know, I hated Catwoman. Out of all of them, Catwoman's was the worst. Yeah, Why she like does a, she have she a like tail? Ears. No, she ears. has a tail. Why does a thief have a tail? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a good idea. I, I'm going to start with Adam on this. The ears bother me more than the tail bothers so, me. But that's just the <laughs> things get it, but I absolutely, you know, and I liked Poison Ivy. I mean, this whole thing felt like a art deco-y, gothic-y, um, pulpy mishmash of all of that stumped together. You've got the Godfather being blatantly ripped off, which is great. I mean, well, they also rip off um, see the, how the Grinch stole Christmas. They stole, there's some fun, interesting references culturally in there. There is the the, 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 the cultural reference here is, is here is a lot of fun. And like with the time period with the Godfather and you've got the Batman being interjected basically into a Godfather type story mm-hmm. and you have everything else. And you've got these characters being even with Scarecrow being Scarecrow just riding in on his steed. Is this like, is he more of the uh, headless horseman? Is he the Scarecrow? It's just, as everyone who knows me, I am not a creative artist kind of person. And yet I, after reading these books, I showed you guys the other day, I went out and painstakingly took a lot of time to recreate some of this stuff. And I've mm-hmm. never done that with anything else. This, and I will say also, I read the first comic book I ever really read as a trade was Hush. And that was mm-hmm. amazing. And that says, oh, I need to read more. And this was another take on it, and it's... Hush did some things much better. Hush's sense of movement is still some of the best I've ever seen with the art, and there's no question about this. Mm -hmm. But with this one right here, it just feels iconic and whiskey. It's like the whole thing is in a bit of a uh, lens of a yesterday as you read through it. And I absolutely thought this... For what they were going through and everything, I thought it was great. Now, it's not perfect, but I really thought it was great. Have you ever read um, any of the Hellboy stuff? No. If you like this art style, I think you might want to check out Hellboy because the art style, Hellboy's a little more graphic than this, mm-hmm. but it's, they're in a similar family, I okay. think. Um, and uh, and worth checking out, I think. I think you might like some of that art as well. It's pretty fun, sure. actually. But it does very similar things. It's, it's that very sort of, it's a little more monochromatic, I think, than this mm-hmm. is. Um, and uh, but it's it's very that, that graphical sort of style I think is, is pretty similar. Sure. Um, and which I actually I quite like a lot. Yeah. Um, I just saw Q on Unleash, but thank you. Um, Q. I'm gonna jump into my cocktail. Okay. Because uh, I saw him on mute. Uh, so my cocktail I have I hope no one else knows, but my my cocktail is called the Bruce Wayne, um, and it's a cocktail that will allow you to help stay up all night. So basically what it is is it is uh, four and a half ounces of black iced coffee, uh, two ounces of bourbon, and then you add in. A quarter of an ounce to half an ounce of maple syrup, depending on how sweet you like it. Uh, so basically, you're brewing a pot of coffee, letting it chill until cold, or you dilute a cold brew coffee. Um, concentrate with an equal amount of cold water. And then you measure the ingredients into a cocktail shaker, fill it with ice, and shake thoroughly, and then uh, strain into a glass uh, over ice as well. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a... It's kind of a white Russian-y kind of thing, but, uh, you know, something that will, you know... If you're going to be staying up all night fighting crime, this is the thing to do for it. Uh, Q... I have a feeling you might have a cocktail or two for this. 
So, so I decided when when they said that we were gonna do this book that I would do a cocktail for each holiday that is represented in the book. So I have twelve cocktails. Um, obviously, obviously, I'm not gonna go through each recipe, but we will be posting them. I don't know if Brian's gonna do a lump sum, six months at a time, whatever it is that he. <laughs> feels like we'll doing something out. yeah um but with all these recipes will go up on our site but for halloween i have the jack-o-lantern mm-hmm. uh for thanksgiving i have the fuzzy blue gobbler uh some of these are shots some of these are cocktails some, some uh, things i did last night with eddie so <laughs> fuzzy, fuzzy blue gobbler um, the, uh for christmas a candy cane shot for new year's eve a champagne fizz uh, for Valentine's Day, it's called the Besame, uh, which means kiss me in Spanish, for those of you who don't know, Espanol. Besame mucho. <laughs> um, for St. Patrick's Day, when super basic, a shot of Jameson and a green beer. Uh, April Fool's Day is this really cool April Fool's martini that I found where it looks like an apple teeny, but it is not an apple teeny. <laughs> so it's, it's a green martini, but is not at all apple flavored. Um, is it good, mother- or is it just not apple flavored? Well, so it's it's tequila, chartreuse, basil, grapefruit juice, lime juice, um, but you garnish with an apple, so you feel like you're going to have an, an apple teeny, and you okay. taste it, and it's not an apple teeny. Okay. Um, for, for Mother's Day, um, I have a cocktail I've named the Ladies Who Brunch. It's called. Nice. It's also known as the the Pineapple Cooler. For Father's Day, the Godfather. For Fourth of July, a Fourth of July layered cocktail. It's probably very much like uh, one of the Captain America cocktails that we've had recently. Um, so for um, August, there really wasn't a holiday, but it was the character Roman's birthday. That chapter is called the Roman Holiday. So mm-hmm. there's actually a cocktail called the Roman Holiday. So uh, I put that in there. And then for Labor Day, um, a drink I called the Blue Collar. Uh, it's also known as the Boiler Room. Nice. Wow. So I've already emailed all those to Brian. I have um, all of them, yes. Yes, and, <laughs> and, and enjoy your year of drinking. <laughs> Why should it just be just a year? Uh, Todd, do you have a cocktail for us? I do. Now, at the beginning of this book, there is a bit of a villain that I always want to learn more about. And I don't have enough. And it's Solomon Grundy. And it's this... And he's just this Frankenstein-type character. And this is really kind of put him in a bit of an Italian-esque light with the mob and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But he's really like kind of a Frankenstein. And he's just this tough guy. But I want to learn more about Solomon Grundy. So the drink is actually a Solomon Grundy is the name of the drink. And good luck... But was it born on a Monday? No, that'd be nice. <laughs> so, but this has an ounce and a half of gin, a half ounce of sweet vermouth, a three-quarter ounce of Amaro Lucano, and last but not least, a quarter ounce of the infamous Fernet Branca. So, this is just a little bit, but if you have a bunch of these, you're just going to be repeating born on a Monday over and over again. <laughs> yeah. I've been with you when you've been that drunk. I have. Um. <laughs> I've, I've, I've babysat you a few times at that point. A few point. times. Uh, Thank you. Adam, do you have a cocktail? Um, yeah, it's called the Bat Attack. Uh, it's three ounces nice. of gold rum. And you got to use the gold rum because you get a little bit more of caramelization there. Uh, one ounce of raspberries, liqueur. <laughs> raspberries. Uh, two ounces of cranberry juice. You uh, shake, that. That up over, shake that up and then strain over ice and garnish with a lime wedge. Okay. So Sounds tasty. Just basic, but it's tasty. Anybody have any thoughts before we start jumping into, like, final reviews? I mean, I guess kind of started digging in on it a little bit. So, this book is long. It's, like, 370 pages. And, yeah, yeah, it was quite a bit to read. I've read it enough, and my book has officially been falling apart. So, the jacket, the spine, and it's about five sections, if I'm not careful. So... Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm about ready to uh, buy this one again. And it's my first copy, but I've probably read this one four or five times. That's awesome. It really is. And I went back to this again. It's like, oh, I need to look at this again. We're reading it. And I'm reading it again. It's like, oh, yeah, this is why I loved it so much. And I, once again, with the story and everything else, the story's good. But really, for me, it was the art really capturing like the time of a bygone era it seems to really just set it so much more so. It doesn't feel like current day Batman. The whole thing feels like we're in a big old flashback. And I just 
really, really enjoyed it in that regard. So that's one take that differs from Q. Who would have thought? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Q, what, so, what's your uh, response? What's your thoughts? I mean, I, I really liked Carla Vitti, the aunt. Mm-hmm. I want her to be played by Carolyn Manzo from Real Housewives of New Jersey. And we're as big as thieves. Um, I just, I just want to give her a shout out. I thought she was fun. I was, I was actually a little sad when she, when she died on Labor Day. Um, I, I mean, I, I said it before. Even though this book came out first, I think other books did it better. Yeah. Um, and um, it's fine. I mean, I, I actually, even though it is pretty dense, I still found it a quick read. I still read it in an evening. I mean, there were still lots of pee and cocktail breaks. But, um... But, yeah, um... I mean... It's pretty cool. I I mean... I guess I'm just, like, an old curmudgeon, as we've mentioned before. But, like, if you're gonna base something in a certain time of somebody's, like, history, then... I want you to be accurate about it. Um, I don't think that's an old curmudgeon thing. I think that's a costume designer thing, to be quite honest with you. But, but and the thing is, it's not, it's not even like, the, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of the, the looks of the people, but it's just like, okay, so he's been around long enough for all of these villains to be introduced, except for Two-Face. Um, but, like, they don't look like they did at the time, and, like, that just kind of frustrated me, and I'm just like, well, wait, is Solomon Grundy really, like, an old-school Batman villain? Because I thought he was a Superman villain, but I could be, I could be wrong. I'm only ever familiar with him from Batman, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't know he was in Superman at all, to be honest, but until you just said that, I didn't know. And, and, and it could just be the fact that I was really let down at the end, because once again, I was like, oh, so it's the wife again. Okay. Um, should have grabbed her pussy. Yeah, he should have <laughs> just grabbed her pussy. Um, but I mean, it's. I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna say don't read it. I mean, I think I think it's a fun Batman book, and you know all of that stuff. But uh, yeah, that's all. You okay. know, I almost feel like if this was given the treatment, it would do well with like an American horror st- story type of. You know, a limited series. Each episode being a, uh, a holiday. A month of yeah. A month of the year of the holiday, and if it was given that kind of treatment and doing like that, I think that could be a successful thing. Because once again, you've got—I mean, you have Solomon Grundy and you have Ki- Poison Ivy, but with the uh, mobster base and everything else, it could be a fine of like a slice of life. Then each episode is very much standalone. It'd be a lot of fun. Actually, that'd be kind of a—you should pitch that to Gotham as a spinoff. Actually, you know what it would be great as? It'd be great as like a Netflix series. That'd it would. Cool. It would be a great Netflix DC thing, but that'll never happen. Nope, probably not. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts on this? Well, like I said before, this is a fun story. This is I remember reading this a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably one of my first Batman uh, trades I ever read, and I've had fun with it. I think, like you mentioned, there were parts of it that Hush did better. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and... I'm not a fan of the art, and but like I said, the story there for me is strong enough to have fun without the art distracting because it wasn't. It was just it was just kind of there. Um, but no, this this is one of the the first ones I ever read, so I think I kind of have that the, the rose tinted glasses of nostalgia kind of pouring over it. Uh, and thank God it's better than Dark Empire. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's a, it's a fun read. It is like I said, it's long. It's something you may not want to read all in one take. Uh, and if you haven't read it, you know there there are some fun surprises throughout. It, it does kind of get old seeing the whole rogues gallery come up and fight Batman again and again and again. Instead of just letting one villain kind of st- stand out and be the main bad guy to go after. But no, it's fun. Is it perfect? Like you said, no, it's not at all. But uh, it's one that I've read many many times, and uh, I've always enjoyed. Something that I that I just remembered because I read this last week. Um, but speaking of repetitive, there's lots of repetition in this book, and I think it comes from the fact that, you know, obviously it was sold in separate issues, so, like, reading it as a whole, it's very repetitive. <laughs> so, like, 
some of the lines being repetitive make sense because it's their theme. Like the last line of the book is Mrs. Dent saying, "I believe mm-hmm. in Harvey Dent," um, because yeah. the first line of the book is, "I believe I believe in Gotham City." Um, I think is Bruce Wayne's yeah. first line. So like, so, so, well, and, and they say, "I believe in yeah. Harvey Dent" a couple times. So, so, yeah, so like that like to that. me makes sense. But even like the the text bubbles, like the like omniscient narrator or Batman or whoever it is, I can't quite recall. I think it's but Batman. It's, like, it's literally word for word the same in every issue, and that also kind of graded me. Um, it, because it, it goes a step further than, like, classic comics where they're a little bit more hokey, where it's like, I stole our Mistress of the Elements! <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so it's like introducing yourself with your with, like with your powers every time. Um, but it, it just literally felt like it was like, and this is this is uh, Falcone, known as the Roman, who owns Gotham City, and this is his daughter, Sophia. And it was just like, yes, we get it. Like, you just have to say... Who they like? Just give the give us their name. You don't literally have to say the exact phrase every time something happens. But it, it, there was just a lot of repetition. Well, and I will say one thing that I I loved a lot of it's because uh, it plays like like a movie would almost is the scene where Harvey Dent gets the acid thrown in his face. Uh, it's interspersed with uh, Falcone at, at his birthday party, and so they bring him a cake, and they're like, "You know, make a wish," and then it, go, it cuts to the to the scene and the. Uh, at the trial, and then right when he throws the acid in Dent's face is when Falcone blows out his candles. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was really fun because that's again, that's in my mind as I'm reading, I'm seeing exactly cinematic, mm-hmm. which was I thought was really fun and cool. So, yeah. Q, I want you to introduce yourself like that, like a superhero every single time. Be like, I am Q, Captain of the Fabulous. Yes, especially with your cool auto-tuned voice right now, it sounds really yeah. awesome. The other day, uh, this is a total side note. The other day, I was checking calm like uh, headsets wireless headsets and in my head i sounded exactly like the a movie introduction guy so i kept doing strange movie introductions because like i was hearing myself back to the mic into the headset apparently no one else was hearing that so i kept basically <laughs> sounding like a fucking moron like making these you know i was, I was sitting there being like in a world where and i kept doing that and yeah see and like it, it just for me, it sounded like dead on awesome, and like for everyone else, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You need to knock this shit off. My review is, uh, I like it. I can see some of the issues with the repetitiveness. I like the art um, a great deal. I think the art is fun. I think it has a, it, it gives it a, a place of like, it feels fifties graphically, like the way you see like advertising and that kind of style of thing. It's not fifties as in comic book style fifties, but more like sort of that pop graphic style of the 50s and 60s um, if any of you are familiar with uh, Sal Bass um, who is most famous probably for doing the opening credits design for the movie Psycho um, it has a similar style to his work which I think is cool he also did uh, the movie poster for The Man with the Golden Arm and some of those older 1950s kind of like blocky graphic kind of style kind of thing. it has a feel to that that I like um, I think the ending gets a little muddled um, and I think the issues on them on their own, I think, are kind of fun. But I, I think that it does suffer a little bit from being collected, um, and makes it uh, a little bit more of a difficult read. So maybe it's one of those things that you sit down and you read a little bit here and a little bit there. Uh, but uh, yeah, that being said, I mean, I think uh, I enjoy it. I would recommend it. I think uh, we're mostly on a good recommendation. Like I think most people enjoyed it to a certain extent enough to say, hey, yeah, if you're into Batman or you want to read something interesting. You know, maybe not the first recommendation for a Batman book. I think a lot of us would probably recommend Hush, maybe. But it is a—it's a fun book. It's a—it's enjoyable, and I—I I do like Jeff uh, uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's work. I think this one actually—I think I might like Dark Victory better. But I also just recently read that for the first time, so it might have a little more of a, a fondness in my head, you know, now uh, for that. Uh, does anybody have any final thoughts before we go on to recommendations? I mean, this thing is twenty years old now, and. Oh, right? shit. I know. <laughs> but if you read this book, and even you can see the um, influences it had on Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy all oh, yeah. over it. Between even the design of Scarecrow and everything else, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this and this and this. Like, what did Christopher Nolan read when he made Batman? The Long Halloween was definitely on the top of his pile. So, in that mm-hmm. regard. Well, cool. Then, uh, does anybody want to jump in with recommendations? I, I think I've already done it uh, before, but I'll do it again. Uh, American Horror Story is knocking it out of the park this year. Uh, it's really fun. It's actually scary. And uh, Kathy Bates, I've been as scared of as her since she showed her titties in that movie. So, 
What about Misery? She's crazy scary in Misery. Well, no, since that then. I mean, this is... Yeah. yeah. No, but it's yeah. good. Go go watch it. Um, and uh, and I just noticed on Netflix that the, the hotel season is on, so now I'm going to be watching that because I've been waiting for it to hit Netflix so I can finish that off, so I'm excited about that as well. So... Cool. After, uh, I'll have to remind you at some point in time. I actually have a, a friend who has worked somehow with that show, which uh, oh, I need nice. to hunt him down. Uh, anyway, Q, do you have any recommendations? Um, I was too busy looking up cocktails okay. for for recommendations. So you're welcome, America. Go, <laughs> go so your, your recommendation is booze. My recommendation is drinking all of the holiday themed drinks at one time. Yes. Go to our blog at www.funnybooksandfirewater, all spelled out, .com. Um, onto the blog section, we will, uh, if they're not posted when you first listen to this, they will be posted shortly thereafter. We're trying something a little bit new where we're uh, rearranging where, where and when we post things to see, uh, you know, see when people want to see it, when they don't want to see it, sure. that kind of thing. So, um, I have a recommendation, and this is partially for Adam, to be honest with you. Um, because I know, like, I like The Big Bang Theory. I know Adam does not. Well, I don't, I don't hate it, but it's geek blackface. I don't, I, I, I've heard that phrase before. I don't necessarily agree with it, but that's not the discussion I want to get in here. <laughs> but um, there is a, a, a British TV show that I am deeply in love with called The IT Crowd or The It Crowd. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Um, so... The IT crowd, um, for those of you who have seen it um, and but don't aren't aware, they just did a final episode because all the actors in it have gone on and become some of them fairly big stars. Uh, Christopher Dowd, I know, has been doing some stuff, um, and uh, they've been doing some great work. But they just did a final episode, uh, like kind of a one-hour episode to wrap everything up. That just posted on Netflix, and they also posted uh, on Netflix a behind-the-scenes documentary called The IT Crowd Manual which is about an hour-long documentary about the series and the final episode and that kind of stuff. For those of you who are not familiar with the IT crowd, uh, what it is is it's basically a fictional London company where all these beautiful people seem to work, but there are these two super geeky guys who are the uh, IT department who are down in the basement. This woman kind of lies on her job resume saying she knows a lot about computers where she knows nothing about computers, but ends up you know, becoming the manager of these two, uh, two geeks who... But they know a shit ton about technology, but don't necessarily know how to interact with people in real life, and are just kind of terribly awkward. Uh, so, uh, so she ends up kind of becoming, but she's also awkward on her own right, and so they kind of be, end up needing each other a little bit. But they also play on some stuff. They have um, one episode where uh, a guy it very much identifies with me and my work. He loses his ID, and uh, when he goes out to lunch, and basically becomes like almost like homeless within the matter of an hour because he can't get his keys, he can't get his wallet, he can't get in the building, uh, that kind of thing. But it, it plays with lots of fun little sort of social social things and stuff like that. Um, so it kind of, I think it fills in with a little more humanity where some people have issues with uh, Big Bang Theory. I think this is more of a, it's a, I mean it's it's. BBC, so it's fairly dry, but I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's very well done. Um, has some great actors in it, and um, it's it's got some fun moments overall. And I've watched the whole thing a couple times through, but uh, there are new some the last episodes have just been posted, uh, so worth checking out if you haven't seen it already. And if you have seen it, it's probably worth revisiting because it is it's it's always a fun watch. Um, so that's my recommendation. Todd, do you have any recommendations? Well, inspired by The Long Halloween, and one of the chapter titles is the movie Roman Holiday. And it actually okay. it stars a, a the, if I get this so right Gregory off. Peck? It's Gregory Peck, and it's... Um, Audrey Hepburn. Uh, Audrey Hepburn, yeah. Audrey yeah. Hepburn, yeah. You should go watch that. You know what? It's pretty good, and it's interesting to see where some of these cues and other things come from. But yeah, mm-hmm. Roman Holiday. You should watch that. It's cool. a classic classic it's yes. old folks like us uh fantastic <laughs> uh so uh, i think that i'll do it for this week next week we are doing the nightly news um which i put this i sp- picked this book uh it was recommended to us uh by jeremiah uh our uh, our resident comic book guru but i i'm doing it uh, it will come out on uh on uh, monday the 7th the day before election day so it's a very politically charged book so uh q i am sorry already um, but what it basically is, it's uh, uh, Hickman, who has been writing The Avengers, and typically I don't like Hickman's work, I'll be honest up front. I actually like this book. Um, it is about... Um, uh, it's basically about a group of people who um, are fighting against uh, the government and social media... Well, not social media, but like media, and it talks about how uh, the media is controlled, and uh, so it has, it's... 
it gets a little conspiracy theory in general, but it also has some really interesting things in it. Uh, my only warning about this book is it's very easy early on to get bogged down. It has a lot of little side notes and graphics. If the book were to run on like that, like the entire time, it would be unbearable. However, it doesn't go on that long. The information and the extra graphics of that is interesting and is helpful, not completely necessary. I do recommend kind of briefly glancing over it, but it's not like something you have to memorize. It is something kind of useful. It's like they'll have pie charts and graphs and explanations of different companies who own different things and things like that. Interesting, not so pivotal to the story that you're not going to be able to keep reading on without it. And so, like, the first time I tried to read it, it kind of scared me off just a little bit. And then I sat down to read it again and then ended up actually really enjoying it. So that's sort of my warning going into this book is be careful, like, just kind of plow through at least the first couple issues um, with all that extra graphic information, stuff like that. Eventually, it kind of picks up and is very interesting. Um, and I, I like it a lot, but it's uh, it's something political, something interesting uh, going into election day uh, and talking about how, you know, the government and the, and the, the media play with each other and, and that kind of thing. So, um, anyway, that being said, does anybody else have anything to add? Nope, I think that's it. We're good. Okay. Going once, going twice, and sold. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, we will be back next week, obviously, with the nightly news. And uh, until then, have a great week. So that happened. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.